0: Hello, and welcome back to the third installment of Wardam Podcast's Been in the Fight. I'm your host, Ben Barrenton. This week, we have uh, the backbone of the Veterans Resource Center in here with us. We've got Jennifer Arona. Jennifer, Texas girl from the Republic of Texas, from Odessa, Texas. She did six years active, two years reserve in the United States Army, was a 42 Alpha, which was uh, an admin sergeant, admin
1: Yep, human resources. Human specialist.
0: resources. Yeah, uh, she was stationed in Fort Wainwright, Alaska, and Fort Rucker, Alabama, just right down the road. And we're gonna hear a little bit more about her story. Hear a little bit more how she ended up at Auburn. How she ended up in the Army, and uh, how she's really keeping the Veterans Resource Center alive and running. And just the everyday-to-day thing. If you're on benefits here at Auburn, nine times out of ten. Or there's a good chance that you her, your file is passed through Jennifer's hands. And if it's messed up, then, you know, now you know how to talk to her. <laughs> <it. laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Call Vanessa. for her. Um, so, all right. So what we're going to be doing, what we started last week, um, just going to do like five. Don't be cheating. I saw you cheating. I know. I was trying to uh, peek a little bit. All right. So we're going to do five uh, icebreaker questions real quick. Uh, I'm ready. Just kind of get you in the mood, get you ready. So you ready? Ready. Five of them. May do six, I don't know. But you got like five seconds. First thing that comes to your head, okay? Ready? Yeah. All right. First question Would you rather know the history of every object you touched or be able to talk to animals?
1: Ooh, talk to animals.
0: Okay. Would you rather have unlimited international first class tickets or never have to pay for food in restaurants?
1: Never have to pay for food in restaurants. Really? For sure. Okay.
0: Okay. Would you rather go back to age five with everything you know now? Or know now everything your future self will learn?
1: Uh, Maybe five.
0: Go back to age yeah. five? Okay, that's a good one. Yeah. Good times. Because you the have times, like simpler. Google, Amazon, Bitcoin. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Would be bajillionaires. All right, so next one. Would you rather be forced to dance every time you heard music or be forced to sing to every song you ever heard?
1: Ooh, probably sing because I'm not the best dancer. I'm a little awkward. Okay.
0: All right. <laughs> All right, next question. This was a big hit from last week. Okay. If you could shrink one animal to puppy size and keep it as a pet, what would it be?
1: Ooh, probably. I'm going to have to go. With Justin stole my answer. Elephant. An elephant? <laughs> yeah. Okay, all
0: right.
1: They're interesting.
0: All right, well, I'm going to bring one more back from last week, too. Okay. This is the ultimate question, okay? Okay. Popeye's chicken sandwich, spicy chicken sandwich, mm. or Chick-fil-A?
1: Chick Fil A. Oh my
0: gosh! I got to get new. I people tried on both. The show. I
1: tried both. Um, I actually so kind of a little funny story. When I decided to go out and buy, you know, Popeyes chicken and mm-hmm. the Chick Fil A sandwich, I had never even had the Chick Fil A sandwich. I usually get strips or like the nuggets or like a salad with the grilled nuggets or something, right. but I never had the sandwich.
0: You really are a weirdo. Guess
1: where I had it though. Where here. At and Auburn? it was the best freaking sandwich I've ever had. Like upstairs? Yeah, upstairs. Oh
0: wow, that's cool. It was delicious. There you go, Auburn bringing in uh it's like they bring, knew. yeah. Little we'll segue into to Auburn there, the Auburn Student Center. Let's learn a little bit about you. Okay. Okay. From Texas Girl, mm-hmm. the Republic of Texas. Yes. What you know, where are you from? How what'd you do like from high school? What how'd you like from high school to, to the army? What is anything did you enlist right out of high school?
1: I did. Um, I was actually still 17 when I swore in. Um, oh, wow. I didn't turn 18 practically like a few weeks before I even left to boot camp. I had just turned 18. So I was a fresh, fresh yeah. baby. Um,
0: did your parents have to like sign Yeah, they for had you? to sign for oh, me. Wow. Uh, I think
1: it took my mom probably. She was the last person to sign it. And my dad was just like, oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, same. No same. problem. Yeah, yeah. So, my mom,
1: I'm the youngest okay. out of two. So okay. my sister was about to get married that same, like towards the end of May mm-hmm. around my graduation. She was about to get married, leave the nest. And then here I am, decided to freaking, you yeah, know.
0: Right on her coattails. Just see you, yeah. mom. See you later, alligator. Yeah.
1: Everyone left her nest. So. Oh,
0: wow. Yeah, that was the same. So I was 17. So you could do like the. For infantry, you could mm-hmm. come in and join the – you could go to basic training between, like, your junior and senior year. Mm-hmm. And then and maybe for all MOSs, I don't know. But then you could go to MOS school after you graduate high school.
1: Yeah. I, mine was only five months. Yeah. So I was just like, I'd rather just do it after high school. Yeah. I was in was the like delayed entry program. program. Like it was
0: just extended basic training. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So we – I tried to get my mom –
1: Mm-hmm. And, dad, and my
0: dad, so my dad was in for 30, 30 something years, 32 years. He's actually a student here at Auburn right now. He's on GI Bill.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, I've seen him. Uh, yeah, I met him. yeah.
0: But he, uh, he's in the EMBA program. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways, I've seen yeah. his file. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, you've, you've seen his file. Uh, it was actually pretty cool because you and I met because mm-hmm. I was working in the VRC too. Uh, but no, definitely dad was like, oh, absolutely you can join when you're 17. It's like no big deal. Mom, not even close. Like not even <laughs> yeah. a question.
1: Um, so no one in my direct family. I mean, there's other Aronas out there, I'm sure. No direct family members. None of my family. They've never gone to the military. So I didn't even have the background of having anyone to talk to or been like, yeah, you know, my dad. Or I hear that a lot. And I was the first throughout my family to go. Um, I think the biggest question was Why? Yeah. Why, do you, why did you want to go? Let um, me ask you a question. What?
0: Why? Why did you do it? Well. You were born for this.
1: <laughs> so um, I've kind of, I'm a big planner mm-hmm. when it comes to um, either you know, goals, aspirations. Mm-hmm. Even when I was younger, I was like, hey, I want to go to this school. I've been looking at Auburn since I was in about the eighth grade, mm-hmm. which kind of shocks some people because I'm from Texas. Right. And it kind of was a little bit. When I told my family that, they were just kind of like, oh, yeah, 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 okay, whatever, Auburn, sure. They were more, you'll probably go to either Tech or Mm -hmm. A&M because the field I wanted to go to was, you know, I wanted to be a vet at the time. Right. So it was between two of them. There was two programs I was really interested in, and uh, it was wildlife science pre-vet. And so at the time, I had, you know, done my research as far as looking into schools. And next thing you know, um, Auburn popped up and then University of Wyoming. Mm -hmm. University of Wyoming was very similar to West Texas. And I was like, I don't really want to go back to... I'm yeah. already in Cowboy City. So, right, you know, right. um, then I saw Auburn and I was looking on the website and all I saw was green. Now, if anyone knows anything about Odessa, Texas, it is flat, super flat. dirt, mm-hmm. oil, mm-hmm. and football. Yeah. So I'm obviously in the right place, but um, that's what it's known for. So when I saw Auburn, I was like, what is this green stuff? Like, I want to go there. The campus looked beautiful. And so I just... I had my mind set on that, and I held truth to that all the way up until I left the military. That's um, awesome. Yeah. So
0: what's your what's your major now? What year are you?
1: Uh, I am a junior. I'm currently in ag science. Ag science. Yeah. You want
0: to be a vet, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, concentration in animal science. Animal science. Yeah. 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 That okay. that whole career, I. I'm keeping the pre-vet as an option for sure, but I think since being uh you know, since kind of taking different classes here and there, I'm leaning more towards animal behavior Mm -hmm. as far as research, um, kind of working with endangered species. Yeah. So that's where my biggest focus is now.
0: Nice. You're the first in your gen or first in your family Mm -hmm. to join the military. You don't really have any kind of anyone to lean back on. You know, so when when did you have that moment, your senior year, I guess, when mm-hmm. did you, you wanted to get out? Did the GI Bill come into play at all? Did you think um, that—
1: So at the time, it was about January of 2012 because I graduated that summer. Okay. Um, but that year, it was getting towards the end of our senior year. At that time, I was already starting to apply for, you know, um, scholarships and other I had a couple of places in mind I wanted to go to, but I was also an athletic trainer there at my high school. Very cool. I didn't know that. I was also in, um, there was a course that was ag related. So we shared a farm, but essentially a farm Mm -hmm. within another uh, local school. There's two big high schools there in uh, Odessa, big rivals, but we shared one common farm. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, It's called OHS. So it was Permian and OHS, always like a rival school. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Yeah.
0: Did you go to Permian? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Mojo County. Like
0: the like the Friday
1: the, Night Lights. Yeah, what? the movie. <laughs> oh my gosh, I
0: didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, um, what this is all about learning yeah. about each other. So,
1: f- of course, football was huge there. But oh, yeah. they also had. Um, I was involved with some electives within Ag, mm-hmm. and I was also a member of. Um, you know, it's high school, so it really oh. isn't as formal as the college, the college, the mm-hmm. FFA, um, the Future Farmers of America. So I was also in that in high school, which. You know, I was around horses, chickens. I even got to see a pig get castrated. Like it was just, it was pretty cool. I was, I had hands-on experience with animals and I was also um, a historian there. So that was my position. I got a cool jacket. I did poultry judging. Which not a lot of people know either. Right. Um, so you
0: kind of knew early on that you wanted to yeah. go into mm-hmm. animal science, animal this. So why, when you when you joined, did you look at being like a vet tech or? That's exactly like
1: that? why I chose the army. Okay. So at the time we were getting recruiters coming in. You know, we had Marines, Air Force. Air Force almost sold me for a bit, and then Army came in, mm-hmm. and they were like, "We have veterinarians." Yeah. Yeah. They were like, "We have veterinarians," and I'm just like, "Bing." Yeah. Here we go. Um. But. Again, it was just kind of something I was marinating on for a little bit. Right. Then I asked my parents. I went to go talk to a recruiter. Um, they're like, yeah, 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 we can get you set up, you know. Granted, I didn't even get that MOS, so. But, you know, I took the best out of the situation, and I just kept going forward. Yeah. Because rather than, I didn't get the, it's called animal, I think health technician or animal okay. yeah. so, specialist or something like that. Um, I didn't get that MOS, but, um, you know, my recruiter was basically telling me, hey, at some point you can change MOSs. Only to learn later on that the in and out calls. Oh yeah,
0: that they're not going to do so that. So impossible, recruiters. No. You know what? Are, what, are, what are we going to do?
1: Yeah, but um, chose forty two alpha. Um, I'm not really a good test taker. Okay. So I didn't score the highest mm-hmm. on the ASVAB, mm-hmm. but I did have um, human resources mm-hmm. kind of pull up, and I made that decision. And then my recruiter was like, "Hey, you want to go to Airborne School? You can, you know, yeah, be basically a secretary and run out of an airplane." I'm like,
0: Beat oh. knees together.
1: Something like that. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, sure. So I added in my contract and then I went back home because I did the first swear in, which really is just kind of like, how committed are you? It was like formal. At Nips? Yeah. yeah. Well, you did two swear ins. The first one's really, you have a chance to back out, which mm-hmm. a lot of recruiters won't tell you that. The second one is when you're like, that's when they actually have um, like a lieutenant colonel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: So, fun so. fact my dad actually sweared me in.
1: That is awesome. Yeah,
0: because he was—I think he was a lieutenant colonel at the time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yeah, he's definitely a lieutenant colonel, down in Montgomery. Um, and we had—I had the opportunity, and I went through Meps down there, and uh, yeah, like the the no shit right there at the end, like swearing you in. Um, and it was really cool because we got to go into the into the little room, mm-hmm. um, and there was no one else there. Um so you know, usually there's like twenty, thirty people in there and you all sign sure. it swearing together. And so we got to go in a little bit early and uh my dad did the whole did he swore me in uh and it was just us. It was a pretty pretty cool little moment. But
1: so little things.
0: Yeah. So all right, so you now you joined did you go to airborne school? Did you go? I did. Okay. Um
1: so went through boot camp, AIT. Ours wasn't joined. It was it was in the same place. I went to Fort Jackson. Yeah. That's where my uh my boot camp Which is in South Carolina, yeah. Right? yeah. Um, went there, and then shortly after, we got sent to uh, Fort Benning, mm-hmm. Georgia, for mm-hmm. airborne school. Fortunately, I had uh, partially tore my Achilles at the time. Ooh. Yeah, so towards the end, as stubborn as I was, I wanted to keep going, but of course, I had a first sergeant it was like, "You can always come back later." Right. And that so, didn't happen. yeah, it didn't. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I didn't. I I, met, I then made the decision not to come back only because. First, I was in a boot and crutches for right. like almost two months right. and I was itching. Like I was, I just didn't want to be here. I was at replacement barracks. Mm-hmm. And so, cause when you're hurt or you what back out, this? this was 2012. 2012. Yeah. Okay. That This was near November, December time period. Okay. Um, and I remember being in these replacement barracks, you're put on details. It's mainly the people who are hurt yeah. um, medically or they back out. They they're nice barracks. Up in the they, air. They're like brand yeah. new. Cause
0: I think they built the new ones in like 2010, 2011, something like that.
1: Uh, they didn't look very nice, the ones I went to.
0: Oh, maybe not. Yeah. Maybe, not. maybe the replacement barracks were not that new. Yeah. Or maybe the Army just tore them up in the, over the course of two years. Probably. Because I know whenever I was going through in like 2010, 2011, mm-hmm. uh, they were like brand new. We were like the second class to go through.
1: I was in alpha, yeah. um, so alpha. They were
0: brand new. I know for a fact. Ours, but mine wasn't new
1: brand new though. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, maybe they had me somewhere else. I don't know. Maybe so. um, but I know that. Around that time, I feel like I came into the military at a really weird time. The Mm -hmm. dynamic kind of shifted because when I talked to people who, you know, went to boot camp in like end of 2012 or like 2013, they were living in high risers. Mm -hmm. They were living a life in these brand new barracks. I was living in a trailer park. I was a part of 161 Alpha Company. Um, It was an infantry unit for boot camp, but Mm -hmm. we were in trailer, like these little trailer parks. Yeah, little pods. Yeah. Yeah. And so... You know there's that I think that after soon after that is when those high risers because they were being built, but they weren't being built you know, they weren't done by right. the time I went through.
0: Yeah, we um, called them sp- the spaceships back <laughs> in the day, uh, of course. This was 2007, mm-hmm. 2006, 2007 when I went through. Um, and two, you know, the, the, the relationships, um, in the wars that were really mm-hmm. going on during that time, too. You know, the amount of funding, this, that, and the other, but um, you know, coming in at 2007, coming in 2010. Um, You know, the ones that were in even beforehand, you know, Mm -hmm. it's that weird relationship that you have with the military and then especially the student or the soldiers that are coming in, you know, 2014, 2015, where the war. Yes, there are, you know, active wars going on, but it's not like, you know, it really was before as far as like in the media, you know, Mm -hmm. it's still people are still going. People are still, you know, losing their lives every day. It's just it's just this weird relationship that America has with war now. Right. Um and then now which is just this fact that just blows my mind there are soldiers every day enlisting in the military that were not alive during 9/11. I think this year was it this year or last year mm-hmm. was the first year that kids basically yeah you know, right. I, I can call them kids because yeah. they were, you know. We're enlisting into the military that were not alive during 9 11. So they're one enlisting into a war that or into a military that's at war that they were not alive for for the you know 9 11 the events that really spurred the whole thing and you know they have no like real connection to the why other than maybe you know their father you know somebody else mm-hmm. and it's it's just so bizarre to me
1: yeah um,
0: yeah it's a, it's a weird concept to think about and, you know even go back you know the people that enlisted within the last five years. They really, you know, nine eleven. They, uh, they had, they, le- they learned about nine eleven in a history book. It's Whereas, just, it's, yeah,
1: I saw it on the TV. Right. Yeah. Um,
0: I was in seventh. I remember being in seventh grade. Um, seventh grade in gym class, uh, coming in because you know my dad, same same guy that was, you know, it was in the it's in the EMBA program. He was actually working, you know, in the Pentagon or for the Pentagon at the time. Fortunately, he was across the street um at a uh I believe at one of the other towers for a meeting. However, but you know, that was that was a huge that's a huge part of my life. One of the h- bigger, if not the biggest reasons why, you know, I joined. And so it's just incredible. And that's like a huge motivator to me. You know, or it, especially it was back in the day when I was going through this, that and the other. It's just I can't commend these kids, these, these soldiers enough for doing that without like what's without that that direct connection. It's just right. it blows my mind. All right. So you're at airborne school, tear mm-hmm. you your Achilles, and then you go straight from there to Fort Wayne, right? After Alaska? a few
1: months, yeah. Uh, I, again, just tired of being there. Um, I still had my injury, which was off and on. Right. But at that point, I was like, just return me to duty. Like, I need to get out of here. Right. So, of course, had a little bit of pain. I was off the uh, crutches, but still in the boot. Um, then I decided, hey, I need to get back. I need to... I need to get out of this boot. So then I went to my medical officer and I said, hey, like, can you return me to duty? Like, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Did his examination. Are you sure? Yep, I'm good. Yeah. Put me on orders within like the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went to Fort Wainwright, Alaska. Nice. So.
0: And you were there for your first about, contract. Yeah. So, about so about three, about or three or four years. years. Three yeah. years. Mm-hmm. And then you moved to Fort Rucker. Yep. And you get Fort Rucker, you come back home. or you come home to Auburn Mm -hmm. or to Alabama, you know, Fort Rucker's right down. For those who don't know, Fort Rucker's an enterprise, which is probably an hour and a half, something like that, hour and a half away from Auburn. So it's basically in our backyard, uh, as is Fort Benning. Uh, So you get to Fort Rucker, Mm -hmm. you realize, hey, awesome. You really didn't know where you wanted to go, but Auburn was definitely in your top three. Mm -hmm. And then you get Fort Rucker and you immediately like, nope, boom, this is a sign. This is a sign.
1: I'm. Yeah. Uh, I think when I re-enlisted uh, up at Fort Wainwright, I wasn't going to re-enlist initially. Mm-hmm. I was just, I, ne- I just want to go to college. Like, you know, I keep, uh, in my mind, it was, loved the military, loved every mm-hmm. single thing about it. I wouldn't be the person I am today if it wasn't, you know, for that making that choice. But at the same time, I kept thinking in the back of my head, you know, how much longer am I going to push back, you know, um, going to school, starting my career? So at that point, I was like, I don't really want to re-enlist, but I had really good mentors mm-hmm. in Fort Wainwright. Um, one of them specifically, she was prior enlisted. Um, you know, her name was Major Bunker. And so she just would motivate me. She's like, just, you know, re-enlist. Um, she could see more that I had to offer within me as far as, you know, having a career in the military than I could even really right. see. And so I re-enlisted because... Um, I was like, as long as I get somewhere that I want to go to, then absolutely I'll re-enlist. Yeah, um, um then I, you know, again contact my branch manager. Three places popped up, one being Fort Irwin. Mm-hmm. No thank you. Been yep. there, done mm-hmm. that, do not want to go. Uh second was um I think Louisiana. Fort
0: Polk. Fort Polk. Oh, yeah. My gosh. No. Swampy Swamp.
1: Um and third, Fort Rucker popped up. Perfect. I dove right into that because in my mind. A light went off. I was like, that's literally behind, you know, Auburn University. This is a sign. Um, Got on it, was able to get it, re-enlisted, and then I came to Fort Rucker. And, you know, I was there for about a year and a half, maybe a little bit extra, close to two. Um, And then right when uh, my contract was about to end, did the whole transition assistance that the Army makes you do now. Mm -hmm. You have to take a bunch of classes. They don't help you with your resume, but they basically tell, like, get you started, right. essentially. Um, and how to look for certain educational resources, that kind of thing. And that's where I actually found out about the federal education benefits. I knew I had them, but I had no idea how to use them. right? Um, and so when I initially joined, it wasn't my first thought like, oh, it's going to pay for my education. It was more of, I want to do something for myself. Um, also, I want to get out of my hometown. Right, um, and you did
0: that change. Yeah. To, you know, yeah, and
1: not only that, but... I knew me going to school was going to be a long process, especially if I was going to vet school. So why put the burden on my family because, um, you know, middle class family, yeah. lower income family. Um, why put the burden of all the debt I'm going to inquire on them. So it was a lot of factors of making my decision to got go it. in um, and then ended up here, applied, got in, which I didn't really have a big freak out moment but it was just kind of like, oh, my God. It was more like a heart sunk, yeah. like this is happening.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, so. I, I completely – I agree. Whenever I when – the day I got into Auburn, I cried. I mean, I did. I mean, I really did. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, I was you, driving
1: when you, I was crying. We heard those
0: stories, you know, from the past couple of weeks between J House and uh, mm-hmm. Justin Hot Wheels. And, you know, we, we talk about there's there's kind of that that stereotypical story about, you know, people in the military, you know. And it's not for – it's not – it's not everyone's story, but you know, you come, you get, you graduate high school, you go to college off the bat. You don't do so hot, and then you get, you know, you go back. You say, all right, I'm doing, I'm gonna, so I'm on my own now. I need to do this, mm-hmm. and then because um, I can remember, you know, just being that kid, and then you know, 12 years later, getting that, getting that email, uh, saying, hey, congratulations, you know, you're, we've ex- essentially getting accepted into Auburn. And I remember thinking, like, this is it. Like, I finally like hit the reset button. I finally yep. feel validated. I finally feel like this is where I was supposed to be. Now I, let me graduate, and mm-hmm. now I can be, you know, rejoin my peers, kind yep. of thing. You know what I mean? Like and, I'm back. Yeah, back I'm in back. the world. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like I've, I've I've done my time. Now I'm back in the real world. Now, now it's exactly uh, how that felt. Um, but uh, so you were talking about. Um, your VA benefits. Yes. All right. So I think it's a perfect segue I'm going go into the next section. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk about, a little bit about what you're doing here, um, your role inside the Veterans Resource Center. Uh, some of the stereotypes, Be thinking of some of the stereotypes that people have as far as student veterans, and then also like what you see on a day-to-day basis when okay. pe- like the majority of people's issues, the majority of people's, um, th- the problems that are coming in, people not getting paid, that kind of thing. Um, But real quick, we're going to give a a shout out to Weagle Radio 91.1. Thank you for everything uh, that you've done. Again, we're just sitting here talking. They do all the hard work. Everything that you're listening to right now is is, uh, all because of them. Now, back to you. Let's go into what you're doing at the VRC, the Veterans Resource Center. So what is the Veterans Resource Center? Where is it at? And what do we do there?
1: So the Veterans Resource Center is located in Foy Hall, room 217, yeah, 217. Um, So essentially, the Veterans Resource Center is, um, I mean, honestly, in my opinion, it's a safe haven, especially for student veterans Mm -hmm. and dependents as well. Um, Within the Veterans Resource Center, uh, you know, we have about three certifying officials. We have our director, um, you know, Paul Esposito. We call him Puck. The certifying officials that we have, um, you know, they process at least over—I want to say maybe more than twelve hundred different um, federal education benefits that are not only for student veterans, dependents as well. So it's a lot. It's basically the the big machine, Mm -hmm. essentially. Um, And it's not perfect. No, it's not perfect. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're human beings. You know, sometimes there's certain things that we're learning on a daily basis. Uh, so essentially the process for how it works. So I'm, a, I'm one of the lead work studies there. And so my role essentially, along with we have other uh, work studies there as well, our role is to essentially help the certifying officials. So whether it's pulling files, um, you get to a point where also adding information onto a system called VA Once, mm-hmm. which is the system that the VA uses to communicate um, you know, certifying. Held. Yeah. Where everything's it's held the cloud. Exactly. It's yeah. essentially the cloud where everything is at. Um, and within that, a lot of times, I guess we answer a lot of questions as well for for a lot of student veterans or the dependents that come in. If they have any issues, we end up talking, okay, Hey, what can I help you with? We're kind of that barrier between the certifying officials because they work hard on a daily basis. They're, they're constantly working. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's, you know, certifying people, getting everything in line, we are kind of, you know, um, the barrier between them as yeah. far as Working triage, that first yeah. line defense between
0: mm-hmm. the officials so they can just work, honestly, so yep. that way they can just work nonstop. Yeah. and
1: um, Rather than getting interrupted right. or, you know, answering questions, which a lot of them, they'll, they'll stop what they're doing just to answer questions as well. But if we're there, we're kind of there to triage, right. like you and said. that's
0: actually how you and I met yep. uh, in mm-hmm. the spring. You and I, uh, you know, I was brand new. Eager, like let me do everything. Like, yes, I want to do everything that I can. And then, uh, you know, you were in there, and it was this awesome relationship that we yep. kind of built because uh, me, you know, and you're a you know self proclaimed introvert, correct? Yes,
1: yes. Uh, I'm like an outgoing introvert. <laughs> um, I can appear outgoing, right, right? Especially about like outside of right. work, but I am. I need my I need my right. naps before I go out. Yeah. Like let's be real.
0: So, and then for anyone that knows me knows that I am. A very outgoing, extroverted. extrovert. <laughs> You're the uh,
1: face, and I think that's why we yeah, work so well. Yeah, it was well. awesome because, yeah.
0: you know, I was up front. People would come in. I wasn't afraid to, you know, tell somebody, hey, sorry, sit down, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, fun fact, and I'm not proud of this, but I accidentally told Dr. Gouge. I didn't know um, who he was. It was like <laughs> the first week I was in class, brand new student. And I just remember uh, Puck and everybody was like, hey, look, your job is to sit right here on this front desk just stop people from coming in and like talking to us so we can, you know, if they want to talk to us, have them sit down, come get us. We'll, you know, whenever we get a break, we'll come talk to them. I was like, check, Roger, I can do that. No problem. Loved it. It was like taking it, you know, I was, I was, cause I got to talk to people all day and it was, mm-hmm. it was great. And then there was one time, you know, Dr. Gouge came in, uh, who, <laughs> uh, which he wasn't the president at the time, but he was still, a, you know, a very, uh, valuable employee. right, and. and I just remember he, he came in one day and I didn't know exa- I didn't know his face. I knew the mm-hmm. name, I didn't know the, know his face. And he comes walking in and I remember you know, sitting there thinking, you know, like, excuse me, sir, uh, can I help you? Stopping him ready to Yeah, I like, kinda of stopped like, excuse me, sir, yeah, can I help you? And he was like, Ah, you know, I'm just here to get some coffee and uh, talk to Puck. I was like, Okay, you got an appointment with him or anything? He, he's like he's kind of, I remember like looking back, he just kinda of smiled and he um he was like, No, I was like, Well t- t- if you just have a seat I'll, I'll, let me go check with puck see if he's if he's available and he was like <laughs> okay <laughs> you know, it was this kid and uh so i go walk into the i walk to the back and i'm like hey puck you know he, the guy outside you know he says he wants to talk to you and he's i remember puck being like i mean I don't, I don't know i don't have an appointment who is it? i was like i don't know it's the older guy that comes in here drinks the coffee you know and just kind of walks around and he's like what I was like, you know, they'll, he kinda like walks around, he wears a suit and he drinks the coffee in the back and he just kinda walks around. And he just goes, Are you talking about Dr. Goosh? I was like, I guess. I don't know who so. it is and it about the time he said his name, I was like, Oh my God. And we go I go run up front, Puck is like going around the corner, he's like, Dr. Goosh, I am so sorry, you know, whatever. And uh yeah, I st- I'm still getting grief about that.
1: You know that weird transition when we were like Falling underneath student affairs. Right. Right. And we had uh Lady Lady believe? Cox. Yeah, Lady yeah. Cox. So that happened to me very similar. I believe it's Dr. Except Cox. It was, I think oh, she it's graduated Dr. from oh. Georgia well, last Dr. semester. Cox. Yeah, Dr. Cox. Um I had no I hadn't met her. I mean, I right. had no idea who she was. Um I didn't have a picture. Like I knew the name, but I again, like you, I didn't know the face mm-hmm. for the name. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, at the time Amber had just moved. Right next door right. to our work study um, mm-hmm. desk, and so she normally hears a lot of what we're talking about to students, veterans, and visitors. And I, uh, she came in, and you know, I stood up. I was like, "Hey, like, how, how can I help you?" And she's like, "Oh, I'm just here to see, you know, um, to see Puck." And I was like, "Okay, well, um, if you just hang tight, I'm gonna go see if he's available." And I had her wait there while I went to go ask uh, Puck. And I was like, "Hey, there's a lady, um, up front," and he's like, "Who?" I was like, "No, her name's Lady." lady cox and he's like what are you doing you bring her back here don't make her wait and i'm just like oh my god what did i do so i brought her back and you know of course she was very nice about it um i mean she didn't say anything but then afterwards uh amber which she's a certifying official Mm -hmm. she came out of her office and was like hey like that's our boss i'm like oh i had no idea yeah so
0: no, it, it was – and for those who don't know, you know, Lady Cox, Dr. Cox, she's mm-hmm. the vice president of student affairs here at Auburn University. Dr. Guj is the president <laughs> of Auburn. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's also a picture of General Burgess, who's the COO, I believe, mm-hmm. um, uh, for Auburn University. And so, yeah, we have pictures of them now <laughs> up front. And uh yeah, yeah. It's a the the VRC is a very unique place, uh, just because of that kind of relationship that you have with the faculty and staff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Dr. Gouge cannot say enough about the man. Uh I mean he he's done everything in the world. He loves veterans, the the you know, that shift between, you know, when he wasn't president or when he was, then he wasn't, now he is again. Uh, that shift and like that, that's a a direct reflection of Auburn University and the relationship that Auburn has with veterans and student veterans, you know, Um, and even with student affairs, you know, this past year, you know, thanks to Kyle Venable and his work in the years past when he was president, um, Jonathan Housen, when he was president, myself, now that I'm the president and then, uh, and uh, whomever's going to take over, you know, uh, Hot Wheels, Jonathan Schwab, or Jonathan Schwab, Justin Schwab, Matt Jones, all those guys that are, that have done all the hard work, it's a direct reflection. You know, that relationship mm-hmm. with student affairs, the relationship with SGA, you know, the POW chair that was huge this year. Yep. Um, we talked to, as um, as the president, I got to travel a good bit and see these other, you know, we went to TCU. We went to, um, a, number of univers- we went to um, a number of universities. We went to Washington, a number of universities, and kind of got to not really evaluate, but just kind of go and talk to and pick the brains of the VRCs around the country. It was like, hey, do you guys do this? Do you guys do this? Do you guys do that? And uh, across the board, it was uh, resounding like, no, not really, you know? And so it was just, it was awesome to kind of feel validated here thinking like, oh wow, Auburn's really doing just an exceptional job of taking care of their veterans.
1: I think the best part about um, my job is it came from, you know, being a 42 in the military versus what I do now. It's very similar. Mm -hmm. Really, the biggest difference is rather than, you know, as an S-1, our job is to help soldiers. That is our main intent. Right. Whether it's finance, um, you know, strength management, awards, decorations, any personal actions. It went from that transition to... I'm now hep- helping student veterans and, their right. depe- and even dependents. Exactly. Right. And I think that's why I love it so much, but it also helps me personally feel that, you know, with during my transition, my first year here at Auburn, mm-hmm. it was not great. Right. I'll be honest. It was yeah. very bad. Um, but in the fall once, cause I'd started in spring 2018, I didn't even get, it, uh, I wasn't even part of the VRC or the ASVA up mm-hmm. until the fall of 2018. Right. Um, you know, that whole spring and summer was kind of me trying to do everything and take the world on my shoulders. As soon as I got to the VRC, I ended up talking about him quite a bit, but I truly do not think I'd ever be a part of the ASVA or the VRC if it wasn't for Mike Patterson, who was um, the previous vice president. And when I came in, I think I came in to like print something off um, in the fall. And when I came in, he came up to me, was like, Hey, you know, very approachable. He just has this very relaxed but welcoming and warm manner about him. Oh, absolutely. Walked me around, he gave me a tour because I'd never been in the place. We have a break room, we have a kitchen, we now have a brand new um student lounge, lounge, student yeah. lounge. Um, Thanks
0: to Becky and Mike Thompson mm-hmm. at the AU Club. Yep. Um, and then we also have the Mike Patterson Library. Yes. You know, we actually named the library after him yeah. uh, that he started. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a library, as textbook library, library for veterans uh, by veterans. You know, we take in all sorts of donations. Um, if you If you're a student veteran and you need a book for a class, before you go buy a book, come by the VRC, see if we have it. All you do is check yes. it out and you bring it back. If you're a dependent and you're a part of the Auburn Student Veterans Association, you also get these books. So come by, check it out. Um, its gonna, I mean, it saved me a ton of money.
1: So much money, yeah. And that was my biggest thing is I was barely scraping by financially. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just helped me in all ways imaginable. Um, he introduced me to certifying officials, who my certifying official was. And it just, at that moment, it felt like, not home, well, Family. home, but it felt like just I'm a part of something yeah, again. Absolutely. And I was missing that, especially when I because right after I got out, went home for a month, boom, started school. Yeah. I struggled a lot with that transition. I s and I continued to struggle with it up until most recently this past summer. Right. Um, it took me probably a lot longer than most people to transition just because I was still carrying the weight of leaving and then I joined the reserve shortly, not even four months I was out and I joined the reserves because right. I was still missing the camaraderie, um, my job, just the passion and feeling that void of just being a part of something greater. Mm-hmm. And, you know, thankfully I was given the opportunity, um, thanks to Vanessa Darden, who's also another, um, certifying official. I interviewed for a work study position and I got it and that was that. And it set me right where I needed to be. And now I'm doing the one thing that I love, which is helping other people. Yeah.
0: Um, and you're doing it you're, again. Everybody we talk to, it's like you're the glue that's keeping it all together. You know, I had it's worked, probably
1: because of OCD a little bit, but because yeah, I yeah, actually sure. love my, jo- I love. Sure. Not that anyone, you know, everyone loves their job there, but I think a part of what I learned about myself while being in the military was if I'm going to do something, I don't, I don't believe in putting in eighty percent, right, ninety oh, percent. I'm all in. Yeah. So anything, whether it comes to a job, you know, just even a civilian job. Um, I give my all in it, you know, and I th- I think I owe that in a sense, not to just to myself, but to the other person behind that, because they're affected as well. Student veterans, dependents, they're using their education benefits. That affects their money. That affects their livelihood. It's yeah. It plays a big role in what we do behind the scenes. It really does.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, for the most part, most student veterans are... Married, it's about mm-hmm. 54. I think 54% yeah. is the percentage that's put out by Student Veterans of America. 54% of all student veterans are married with kids. And so sometimes there are that there's that other income that's coming in, but, mm-hmm. but you know, sometimes there's not. And, you know, we we tell people, you know, hey, try, don't live, you know, directly off of yep. your GI Bill payments because yep. it's going to be late, you can leave this, you know, that. Um, and there's still issues that come mm-hmm. in. And, you know, unfortunately— we're doing everything we can to to kind of mitigate that, but um, you know, just from me working there, I worked there all year. Last year, this semester, I'm not uh, I'm not working there. But the issues that I saw day in and day out, mm-hmm. it was like four. There's like four things basically that if you have an issue, and this you know, it's not in just in at Auburn, it's across the country. Yep. You know, if you've got an issue with your GI Bill, if you're not getting paid on time, there's basically about four four issues and the dependents, too. You know, unfortunately, there are more dependents out there with mm-hmm. issues than there were veterans, at least when I was working. And it's, it's mainly just not being or being afraid to ask the right questions. Exactly. You know, yeah. a veteran uses a little bit older, student veterans a little bit older, comes in not afraid to say, hey, you know, knock on the door. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Hey, I changed my class or I changed my major. Hey, what do I do? What do I do? Yeah. Whereas the dependents, being a little bit younger, a little mm-hmm. bit more or less experienced, they they're just a little bit more timid. They they're yeah. afraid to ask those questions, and or uh, they
1: rely on you know else to someone it. else yeah. to take care of the right, problem. Right.
0: And so what I started doing is I started trying to bring those dependents in, trying mm-hmm. to bring them everybody else in, are the even the veterans that were having continuous issues, and saying, Hey, look, this is what's the this is the difference between a non traditional student. A, a traditional yeah. student, you know, completely
1: different mindset.
0: Yeah. Just absolutely ask experience. questions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was very, very recently, um, I was approached by a traditional student who, uh, very close to who needed some advice as far as, you know, uh, getting a mentor, getting, um, academic advising, getting tutors, you know, that kind of stuff. And, you know, I was, I was unaware of, you know, some of these issues that were going on and immediately I was like, step one, talk to somebody. As soon as you're having an issue, go to your advisor, go to your mentor, go to whomever and say, Hey, I'm struggling. Hey, I need help. Hey, I need, you know, whatever X, Y, Z. And it's across the board. You know, last, last week we talked about the veteran suicide rate Mm -hmm. and just asking for help. This week we're talking about, you know, education assistance um, making sure that you are successful here at Auburn, what are your biggest takeaways? What can you pass on to some of these student v- veterans and dependents to ensure their success?
1: Well, one, I think a lot of, from what I see, whether it's email traffic that comes in or even people coming in, in like in person within the VRC, some of the biggest, uh, I guess, concerns and even issues is one, hey, why hasn't my tuition been paid? You know, I think the way the process works with using federal education benefits, um, like you said, whether it's student veterans, um, you probably see it more with dependents and student veterans, but their money is being affected somehow. Maybe the wrong credit hours is being reported. Um, One of the biggest things that, you know, me and other work studies try to tell whether the dependents or student veterans is any changes you make, call us, stop by, because what we can't see what kind of changes you make within your schedule we go off of all of the approvals from the advisor. Now, I communicate with my advisor probably on a monthly basis, sometimes even like a, a you know, a weekly basis, just making sure um, that, hey, have are my classes good? Are they approved? And I think that behind the scenes, kinda when I first got here, I was like, Oh, I have my education benefits to start, I don't have to worry about anything. Right. The change of major. When I change my major, I already knew only because I actually went to go ask, hey, I change what do I need to do to change my major? Um, I think that's just communication. A lot of the times we see that, hey, well, yeah, I changed my major or I added or I dropped classes, this, is this. this. Mm-hmm. They fail to inform us. And if yeah. they do inform us, which is what the right thing is, their advisor hasn't approved those classes yet. Right. Um, which again, it's you know, it's right. a work in progress. Um but it's we're trying just to being informed. And yeah, and being that open communication and taking that step mm-hmm. and saying,
0: Hey, these are your benefits. No one's gonna help you like you will help you. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and so taking that kind of mindset and then going back to um, kind of bringing it all back around mm-hmm. this last little segment, um, you know, last five, five minutes or so. Um, talk to me about, say so we said that transition, you know, you struggled with that transition. Mm-hmm. We that was before we had a wall. You know, that's what you know yep. we talked about last week. Auburn Warrior Orientation and Learning, mm-hmm. uh, where it's an, an orientation, a transition program for veterans by veterans. You know, it's in the bylaws, it's in the constitution. The Auburn Student Veterans Association. We're here guiding student veterans, uh, the the student veteran body, mind, and spirit through education to employment. And that's kind of, That's exactly what we're doing here at Auburn. You know, if we can pass on anything to anyone else, it's if you struggle, if you need any help, if you need anything in regards to transitioning from the military, transitioning to Auburn, transitioning from Auburn to the workforce, and even after. You know, we have an alumni association, a veteran yep. alumni association now. That's um, that's getting bigger. You know, our tribe's growing. Our community's growing. Um, there's going to be an endless supply of people. That are going to be transitioning in too. And so we're, we're constantly need to refine and get better. So kind of talk to me a little bit. What helped you other than, so Mike, you said, Mike, that yep. was the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. What can you see now? Um, and kind of talk to us really quick about what what you would recommend for a struggling veteran, a struggling student veteran, or even, you know, because this is for anyone, you know, the student right. body too, you know, hey, if you're just a student, what could you kind of pass on as someone who's struggled, someone who's who's been there, you've seen that and you've came out on top?
1: Well, the first would probably be, I mean, granted, it took me probably an entire year to actually go and ask for help because I, I was 23 yeah, when I came here. Are prideful. Yeah. yeah, Um, I think it was more of the pride where, one, in the military, it's you don't get punished for asking questions, but the biggest response I'd always get is go figure it out yourself. Absolutely. yeah. Go find the solution, go read the regulation and come back to me with mm-hmm. a solution. I held on to that. So when I was struggling in school, um, granted I was going through a lot of personal issues, mm-hmm. um, outside of, you know, I could acad- more of the, it wasn't academia related, but it affected it because of what I was going oh. through. Um,
0: I mean, ment- mental health. You know, we can yes. get onto that for another mm-hmm. hour, or so yeah. and we may bring you back on. We can talk about mental health for an yeah. hour at some point in time because I'm all about it now. You know, it's mental health is just as important as your physical health.
1: I know it's getting more attention, mm-hmm. but I feel it like it's very important because I think the the more people I talk to that are very similar who struggled with a transition, we relate to the mental health aspect, mm-hmm. and that played a huge factor in how I even got to where i am now Mm -hmm. um but again we can talk about that another time um but as far as the transition process i think just setting being able to set aside your pride and ask for help um i was completely terrified i didn't want to even i never approached my professors i didn't talk to my professors i didn't ask them for help i just tried to learn material at home the Mm -hmm. best that i could i didn't take any science classes for at least six years up to that point. So I was in chemistry, I was in biology. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing I would probably like to see more of that would help student veterans or just um, even dependents Mm -hmm. um, is educating or at least getting A couple of advisors, maybe. So I think there's a college that actually has an advisor for student veterans, right? Is it the College of Business, I believe, or engineering? Yeah, so
0: business, uh, there's a number of them. There's a number of them. I think
1: that's very imperative because when I first came in, I went to a small college Mm -hmm. here, Mm -hmm. and I told my advisor, I haven't been in any science class in the past six years. Immediately, I was put in biology, chemistry. I was overwhelmed. And again, it wasn't anything that they could have known because they probably had no experience with you know, handling or dealing with student veteran. But I struggled. I tanked. I ruined my GPA. Right. Um, I almost got kicked out of school mm-hmm. because of how bad I was doing. And it wasn't until I finally was able to put my side uh, pride aside and ask for help. And with that, I came to the VRC. I was like, I really, I'm struggling.
0: Yeah, I'm on my knees. Help yeah, me. Help yeah,
1: help me. And so I could not even... Yeah. trying to yeah. reach
0: these students, reach these student veterans that we 're trying to help you help those that need help before it comes to that you know if if you can if you as soon as you have any type of issue come to the VRC come to one of us you know, whatever you need let and, us uh, help you yeah, <laughs> let us let us help you because trust me there's not a single person in the VRC who has not needed help mm-hmm. in some form or fashion they're not gonna judge you. But, I mean, it's it's a great spot. You fall be.
1: seven times, you get back up yeah. eight.
0: Yeah, eventually you're going to be walking across that stage mm-hmm. in the Auburn Arena, and that's what we're here for. So, All right, uh, so that's going to do it for that last segment. Um, for the last two minutes here, I'm going to talk about real quick their new role in the Auburn Student Veterans Association. So this is going out to the okay. Auburn Student Veterans. Uh, you are now the human resource technician, human resource consultant. Human
1: resource Internal consultant. Internal consultant. So yeah, yeah. So um.
0: Like two minutes.
1: Okay. So what that position essentially is is um. Gonna, I, I'm going to be the person. So if you have any issues, especially for you, student veterans, if you have any issues, concerns, sustainments, improvements, what can we do better? What What do you want to see more of, as far as enga- from an engagement, as far as an association? So do you want us to have more activities that are tailored to maybe family or you know single veterans, whatever it may be, um, community service. Do you want us to volunteer for certain, um, you know, organizations around campus? I am going to be essentially the voice for student veterans. Um, I think kind of being able to be a part of the VRC and a part of the ASVA, I get to see a lot of the concerns, the issues that student veterans may have, but again, when it comes to the officers, you know, I'm sure they get bombarded on a daily basis with concerns. I'm kind of going to be that yes. funnel as far as, hey, bring me your issues, bring me your concerns. Mm-hmm. Let me find a solution so we can help make it better. And not only that, but I want to be able to get your voices and have them be heard with the rest of the officers. Absolutely, so we can continue to grow. Yeah, let's you know, close that communication right gap.
0: Right now, and I can speak from firsthand experience, you know, as you know, the president of the Auburn Student Veterans Association, there are – I hear – the concerns. I hear, mm-hmm. you know, what's going on. It's just, there's so much stuff going on on campus, you know, and we try to, uh, send it all out and kind of, and, and, and do as much as we can, but right now we just don't have the power, the manpower right. to do it. Um, and so that's why we wanted to bring you on mm-hmm. and do this. So that way we can continue to grow the, we can continue to represent all the student veterans and what we mean, those core values. So, uh, but real quick, do you want to give out your email or the veterans' yeah? The so, email, um, so if you do, have, do any have any
1: issues, concerns, or if you just want you know to praise the organization, so my email um, is going to be jz0026 at auburn.edu. Um, again, just let me know who you are. Um, you know, I'll get back to you probably pretty promptly because I check my email about every five minutes. So that's the best way to contact me, or stop by within FOI of two one seven. I'm in there quite a bit.
0: And if you are not a student veteran, but you're Mm -hmm. a veteran out there that hopefully we've reached and you have any questions about Auburn and your benefits, contact. Please come in. uh, What's the the veteran at auburn.edu? Yep,
1: veterans at auburn.edu. Shoot us an email. Um, I generally handle the emails um, on a pretty daily basis. So shoot me a message. Let me help you as much as I can, or you can just come stop by. We'll talk with you however long. Um, just to explain to you guys how your benefits work, what other resources we have aside from federal education benefits.
0: Awesome. And that's going to do it uh, for the third installment of War Damn Veterans Podcast, Been in the Fight. I'm your host, uh, Ben Berenstein. We had Jenna Rona on, we got to learn a little bit about her story, uh, how she kind of transitioned from being that first generation military service member uh, to Auburn University. This episode has been brought to you by partnership between the Auburn Student Veterans Association and the Auburn Draft House. Come out every second Tuesday to our ASVA benefit night where 10% of all proceeds will go to your student veterans on campus. The next one is gonna be February 11th from five o'clock to nine o'clock. Theme's gonna be karaoke. Uh, We're gonna have a lot of fun. Come make some fools out of ourselves and uh, really just get to know everybody and, uh, it's all about that brotherhood, all about that sisterhood and, uh, just have some fun while we're doing it. So anyways, thank you very much. And as always war Eagle and war damn veterans.